Hi, it's Nicole Brandon with Ready to Look Younger, and I'm so excited for today's show. When I first decided to come on to Ready to Look Younger, what excited me the most was the open doorways and pathways to the infinite possibilities of joy, happiness, pleasure, rolling back the hand of time, and really, it's about absolutely everything in every way you can make your dreams come true. Have the life that you knew you were meant to live and have nothing stop you. Have no walls, no barriers, no hurdles, nothing that stands in the way of leading the life of your dreams. And I know we came on and I was going through their website and I said, oh my gosh, there's so much about sex. There's so many articles, so many books, so many conversations. And what I realized is that so many people really want to thrive. They want to become alive. They don't want any second or any minute or any day where they are stopped from really being in this body to the fullest and the richest way and loving the way that they know that they, how they want to love. And so today I'm bringing on my favorite expert and my favorite guest. And we're talking with Rachel Kinley today and Rachel will be with us on a journey, we're going to bring her back over and over and over again. So your questions that you have, you can email to us, you can ask, and we'll make sure that we come back on and cover these for you because I really, in my heart of hearts, want to be able to give you the avenues, the ways, the secrets, the keys, the tools, the know-how to living and loving and lusting and passion and joy and pleasure and bliss and all of those things that you desire in your life. So, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nicole. It's wonderful to be here. Oh, I always love talking to you. I mean, always love talking to you. Every minute that I have an opportunity. (laughs) We do have fun together, which is, you know, it's such an important thing to know that there are people in your life you always have fun with. Even when you're talking about the tough stuff, there's something about it that's still fun. Absolutely. I love that. I feel the same way. So I'm working with this new company, Ready to Look Younger, and it's everything. It's absolutely ways to be able to live a happy and healthy life, ways to be able to explore the adventure, the passion, the lust, the desire, ways to unleash and have the kind of life that you meant to live. And I was looking through their website, and so much of it is about sex. And so what do you think it is about sex? (laughs) That we say, do you have to be a certain age to say, I'm at my prime? Is it really when you're 21 that you're the the buckaroo or the stud or when you're 30? Okay, Because you hear all these comments or fallacies or things, and I mean, for me, I feel like I'm more in my body now than I've ever been before, and can you give us some advice or thoughts on that? Well, I think, actually, the phrase you just used was really important, that you're more in your body now. I think one of the reasons that sex can get better as we get older is because there's an acceptance and a sort of love a different love of this body that we get to live in. You know, I, I definitely have a different acceptance of the fact that, you know, I, I, this is as young as I'm ever going to be again. And this is the body that I get to experience today with. And I want to be in my body. When women are in their bodies, I mean, it's so, so powerful. And I think when we're younger, we're not quite as able to do that. Most women younger can't do it you know there's 
thoughts and worries and concerns that take us away from there. And when the more you can be in your body, the more you can accept its beauty, what it's been through, what it's taken you through, um, the more you can celebrate it and enjoy it in all of its ways. Um, from caring for it the way you eat to caring for it by how you sleep and take those long hot baths and yes around pleasure and sex of course that is a way that we embody ourselves it is a way we take care of ourselves it's a way that we stay in the moment in a world that's you know god is making lists and i've got to get here and i've got to do this and i've got to look like that you know, I I do not look like any model or picture on the internet. And to be able to stop and say, you know what, or, or magazines or books, you know what, if I didn't have any of that input, would I love how I look? Would I love how I feel? Would I love how I respond? And the answer is yes. And it's helped me to start ignoring and turning that off that when I hear it, you know, I don't take it in and I don't absorb it into my body and use it as a negative way against my body. This is this is the way that my body looks today. It is very healthy. Um, as a matter of fact, I am very, very fortunate. I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have, you know, bad problems. I don't have joint problems. I... I need to celebrate that, and, and everybody does. All the things that you love, all the things that work, all the, the things that's taken you through, um, it, it can just get better. There's no reason to, you know, if anybody says they don't, they're trying to sell you something that, you know, don't, don't buy it. You embody you, because that's where the power is. I love that. And I have a question, energy. You know, I find that when people are not sexually active or are not intimate or are not in relationships, even with their family, with their friends, with their colleagues, when they're loners or when they're separated, that there is a drop in the energetic field. There is a heaviness. There is a sorrowfulness. There is a weight. There is a sadness. There is almost like a forlorn pain. And yet when you see someone who's in love, you know it just like they're like jumping off the ceilings oh, yeah. <laughs> and you can't hold people down and their face changes and their eyes glisten. So what is it about love or romance that gives us that effervescence or that energy that you don't get from anything else? What is it that, you know, and it's true because if, if you could get it from something else, they would have bottled it by now <laughs> uh, and packaged it and, and made it into a little pill or something. Um, and I think some of the things we use are trying to get us to that feeling. What is it about love? I think, you know, you talked about the things that get in our way. The thing, you know, about releasing that and being freer and being more open. And I think that when we're in love, for whatever reason, we choose in that moment to, in those moments, to be more vulnerable to all the emotions that exist out there. Um, I heard something recently from Brene Brown who said that, you know, every intense emotion is it has sharp edges. You know, even joy can make somebody feel vulnerable. And yet when you're in love, whether it's with yourself, your life, your children, your partner, your job, you're willing to live at that thorny edge. You're willing to be open to all of the experiences. You're not numbing something out. You're not holding anything back. There's something um, 
there's something about love that just lets us be who we are really and I think what gets really sad is that when the love goes away if the person goes away or the job goes away we think we have to give up how we felt about ourselves how we felt about the world and you don't you know we think that the love was an accident or it was um, a facade a, a trick that once it's gone or um, you know that the truth is we're unattractive, unlovable, need to, you know, be alone, as you said, that closed off feeling. And the truth is that love is there to tap into. I think it's there to tap into all the time. You know, I think it's something I work with. I try to do in my life. I try to look at it in my relationships. And I definitely try to do it when I write. Because if if I write characters where it just seems like the only love is between the two of them and not something deeper for the individuals then the reader's going to get the sensation that once, you know, the book closes or the story ends, there may not be enough to, to sustain. And I, and I think love is sustainable. I really do. That's brilliant. Okay, I have a question about your books. I mean, you are, I'm such a fan. You know that. I'm like, I'm a fan of, part of the fan line. And I love the books on romance and I love everything, the way that your mind works and the way the mind thinks. One of my questions is heroes. Mm-hmm. So is there an age range for a hero? Is there an age range? An age range for a hero. Oh, yeah, there doesn't have to be. There tends to be. And I'll tell you, this is one of the, the nice things about publishing now. If you're trying to publish traditionally, which means going through um, the, the quote-unquote New York publishers or some of the bigger ones that are just outside New York, like source books and things like that, then you're going to be seeing heroes who are in their late 20s to early 30s, by and large, and then heroines who are just a little younger than that. And I hate to say it, but sadly, part of the reason for that is not the reader's but the buyers, the editors, the people in the marketing department, it tends to be a young field. So they want to read things that are in, if you're writing adult romance, they want to read things that are sort of more in tune with their um, their age range. So that's what you're going to see. Does that mean you can't have an older hero? Absolutely not. And in fact, in this age of independent uh, and self-publishing, which both of which have gotten a great deal of respect and traction, um, then you can you can have your hero and your heroine be any age and at any stage you want them to be. Um, you're going to take you know if you want to make sure you reach an audience, you're going to have to do a little little marketing work and a little outreach, a little blogging, and find the people who for whom that resonates. Um, because the typical see it on the shelf, um, you know what people tend to think of is going to be. Um, as I said, that late 20s, early 30s uh, hero. Sometimes you get them a little older than that, but um, generally speaking, although there is there is a trope of older women, younger men, and when that happens, again, the hero tends to still be in the 20s, and now we, we raise the age of the woman, and she tends to be in her late 40s, maybe even early 50s. That's funny, because I think about like James Bond or the most dangerous uh-huh. men in the world or any of these things, and you, you, know, you think about these these men or these women, these incredible, you know, queens. Yeah. Sensual beings that literally, you know. I know, it's incredible. And then you, and the men who are, you know, the, the, the movie stars who are getting older, I mean, if you want to use George Clooney as your hero, you know, he's, he's not 30 anymore, girls. 
still looks great, but, you know, um, you know, I don't see a reason for, for it not. And I actually think it would be a wonderful thing for women who are younger, maybe in their 30s and 40s, to be reading about, you know, sensual, loving, connected, passionate relationships of people in their 50s and 60s, because then they can begin to expect it. I think one of the great things about fiction is it shines a light on the things that we wish were true. We, we couch them in fiction, which is supposedly not true, but it opens our eyes to what we do want. And so if we start writing and if, you know, an author is moved to and feels connected to writing heroes and heroines who are older, I honestly think that it's going to create that awareness that the possibilities never stop. Finding love. I just had a friend who's a few years older than I am who just got engaged, and I mean, She's as giddy as an 18-year-old. Actually, she's probably giddier than an 18-year-old because 18-year-olds wouldn't appreciate how incredible it is. And 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 a 19-year-old or a 21-year-old man would not have done the proposal as beautifully as her fiancé um, managed. So there's no reason to think that, you know, you've hit a peak and now it's downhill. I mean, why? Why? Says who? And, and why should it be? It doesn't. There's no reason to, to to buy into that belief. This is so brilliant. And I want to go back in time a little bit because there are new people that are watching us right now that are being okay. introduced to you and your work, even though I've been, you know, literally, you know, <laughs> been flying on your kite for years through all of my <laughs> programs. And I just love the way that you connect to love. But for those that are new, I want to go back to your girlhood. Mm-hmm. And when you were six and seven and eight, and was there always this thing in you that believed in love, this starry-eyed romantic in you? Is there always something I believed in love? I'm trying to think of six or seven, something like first or second grade. You know, I think there there was. I mean, I can remember, um, you know, a, a boy in my first grade class who would bring me flowers from his mom's garden. And... Um, I definitely grew up with a lot of, of love around me. You know, I was very fortunate. My parents were high school sweethearts. Um, in fact, they just celebrated the 61st anniversary of their first date. <laughs> oh, that's so wonderful. My parents' oh, 54th anniversary was Tuesday. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so great. So, I do. I think in general, I was um, a pretty hopeful child. Um, obviously, I got hit with those, those cantankerous teenage years that we all seem to charmingly get and um, started taking in the belief system that was external to me as opposed to the one that came from within me, which knew I was amazing and glittery and exciting and strange and wonderful and never doubted. Um so I think, yeah, I think I've always been one for the fairy tales and the happy endings. So I think there's there's probably always been a place for romance in my life in some way, shape, or form. When you write, do you feel brave? Do you feel courageous to talk about love and to talk about sex and to take even classic fairy tales and tape them to the edge and give your own twist? And is 
You know, there, it's funny you should say that. It's it's you know, you don't sit down at the at the computer and think I'm I'm being brave. I'm being brave. Actually, you tend to think, oh my god, I'm a hack, and what am I supposed to put on this page? Um, but that comes up more often than I'd like. But I actually, yes, I think there is a place. Especially, I recently had something that had a less than great review, and I put it out there. I'm like, oh, this one stung, guys. This hurt. And I got all this great feedback on on being brave. You know, there's some people who don't put things out there. Um, it actually was a nonfiction piece, not one so much about love and romance. But there are times when I thought, you know, you can. <laughs> romance novels are never going to make headlines. You know, with the ex- occasional exception of things like, you know, when Fifty Shades of Grey suddenly took over the publishing industry. You know, headlines are always if it bleeds, it leads. You know, if it's negative, if it's horrific if it's frightening and there's a part of me that sometimes thinks well this is just silly i'm just writing these little romances and then i stop and think no actually the opposite is true that if all this negativity is what's going out there and that's not what i believe in and not what i want to dwell on and not what i want to surround myself with then i'm putting out there something that helps to change that you know, it's my little drop in the pond of of hope um, and possibility and, you know, personal understanding and growth. And yes, love is part of that and romance is part of that. And finding the relationship in which you can be your best, most authentic um, self, you know, in the midst of all of the craziness to to be willing to, to take a stand and say, you know what, romance is important, fiction is important, sports is important, you know, having the things, doing the things we love and not hiding, <laughs> given all the reasons they could give us to hide, um, is important, is worthwhile, and yes, is brave. It's brave to do the things that are authentic and right for you. I have, a, an, I have two sons, and my older son is finishing his junior year of high school. And um, we homeschool, and he has said for a while that college is not what he wants right now. And needless to say, most of my family is horrified by this concept. You're supposed to go to college. You do this, you do this, and you go to college. And I got defensive, and I then tried to explain, and I tried to say, well, maybe he'll do this. And I suddenly realized, no, he was being really honest and really true and that was brave. And so I stopped trying to defend. I stopped trying to explain. And I actually told him that I felt his choice. Because it was so right for him in the face of other people telling him what his choice should be, I thought that was brilliantly brave. And I found myself feeling very inspired by him because of that. That, you know, when you choose what's right for you, no matter how much noise is around you, it's brave. You're such a good mom. You really <laughs> are. <laughs> time will tell. <laughs> I hope so. And I know we don't have a lot of time today, but I'd love to talk about your current books and some of what you're doing. Because well, you I just said think- I'm going to be back, and I'm so thrilled to be working yes. on this with you because because these are important topics. You know, and I don't care if they never get the front page. I don't care if we're always relegated to you know the lifestyle section. And since when should lifestyle be like? at the front of forefront of things isn't life like the most important thing 
you know. But um, but yeah, no, I can keep writing. I have books coming out this summer. I actually had an unusual set of fairy tales come out um, this week, May yesterday, May thirtieth. Um, that I've been working on with a friend, we noticed that the horror genre and the romance genre, believe it or not, were having some overlap, both in theme, sometimes in character, and his genre was getting, they, the editors were asking for more love scenes, and in my genre, they were asking for you know, darker, edgier uh, work, and we, we laughed about that. So we did two different anthologies, and the second one just came out. It's called Twice Upon an Apocalypse, and we took fairy tales and uh, set them in the world of... Um, H.P. Lovecraft, which is the incredible horrors of Cthulhu, and um, it, it's the most bizarre world. I have to say, reading those when they were submitted gave me the, the oddest dreams. Um, Lovecraft will never be my style, but the people took Lovecraft's um, incredible vision of, of horror and and apocalypse and they merged it with the sweet and somewhat you know occasionally somewhat violent and bloody uh truth of fairy tales and the there was there was a little bit of magic there that came out between the two so that was a very fun one my uh, my co-editor on that one scott gowdsworth that's his field and he helped to do a brilliant job really um getting the right people to to get excited about it and retell a fairy tale because they wouldn't normally have dipped their toes into that realm necessarily so it's fun it's fun when you try to to do something just a little bit different doesn't have to be a lot different you know you don't have to feel you know oh my god rachel nicole said i've got to do this and do this no we're 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 telling you be your brave you know be your juicy be your excited um if ours inspires you great but it we want i know you i we want it to be theirs we want it to be true to them absolutely unique original chris clear Mm, yes intuitive insightful and something that feels vitally significant and that is so lasting that's going to come from a foundation from a core from a soul in you that just it won't matter what other people think you'll still feel brave but you'll also know that it's the simplicity of that self-truth absolutely i recently had posted an article i don't know if you had an opportunity to see it where i posted my feet picture of my feet and I was won another award for the martial arts hall of fame I'm inducted into the martial arts hall of fame thank you and they offered master classes to the masters and I went and I took this incredible group of classes uh, but the first class was a sword class a weapons class by Dana Abbott and on and on and when I looked down because we had to look down to bow and when I looked down my little red toes were shimmering on the carpet and all of the other feet in the room were these male muscular <laughs> feet and there were my little toes and I realized I was the only woman in the class and then the next class and the next class and the next class and I was the only woman not certainly not in the martial arts field so many women have been honored and are absolutely incredible but in this particular day I was the only one that decided to take the classes to to go on, yeah. And I realized that for 12 years I was in a stunt class and I was the only woman in my stunt class. Or when I took surfing, I was with all these like 15 year old boys and I was surfing and I was the only girl in the class. Or that I raced sailboats and you know, all my competitions. And certainly now it feels where women have not 
been in these fields, but when I was there, I was the only woman in my stunt class. I was the only one in my surf class. I was the only woman in the weapons class and the martial arts. And at the end of the day, when I went back to my hotel room to get ready for the evening, I was so proud of me for following my heart. Yeah. And just for doing what my body loves to do and challenging things and stepping into things that made me happy. And I was, even if there was anybody else around, I was proud of me. And so if everybody can do that for themselves, whatever that is that makes you proud of yourself. Yeah, and it, and there's no... There's no reason to think you can't start that now. You can't discover it now. You know, if, you know, your heart's desire, you asked me to go back to when I was six or seven, and some people might think, well, that's ridiculous. But, you know, to me, our, our heart's desire is something we've known. You know, it's like Dorothy. We've known all along. But other things have gotten in the way. You know, there are, there are a lot of distractions on that yellow brick road. And hearing your story, seeing you and, and, and the way you're, and I hope everybody knows, did everybody knows me? Her face lit up when she talked about this and her little pink and her little red toes, which now whenever she sees them, she will remember, um, that they're a sign of, you know, her both strengths and differences that make Nicole Nicole. You know, when you know it, you can, excuse me, mm, allergy season here in New England. Um, you can pursue it in a way that's that's right and true for you. And and you don't even notice, as you said, that you were the only woman or girl in the class, depending on your age. You know, you were just a member of the class. It wasn't about gender. It was about you being where you wanted to be. And that's what we want. Absolutely. And if you go to lovetofeelyounger.com, you can go to the website and learn more about Rachel. And her work, and her beautiful new books, which I'm very excited to share with everybody. And I know we only have a couple minutes to wrap up. Is there any advice you would give to people on love, sex, passion, leading, living the life of their dreams? Oh, sure. Let's condense that into 30 seconds. Well, I mean, we're talking about rolling back the hand of time. So I think for today, for a first step, I... I would ask you to give yourself a moment to listen to yourself. And I'm not telling you to sit and meditate or or do things that, you know, this will work for you, you know, because it might not. Um, whatever is your favorite way to have some quiet, whether that's in a bath, whether that's reading, whether that's in your car when you drive, because that is some of my favorite, oh, my God, nobody can reach me time. And I even have an excuse not to pick up my phone. I'm driving. I shouldn't pick up my phone. Ask yourself, what do I really desire? And at first, my guess is you're going to get some of the surface quickie answers, you know, chocolate, you know, potato chips, you know, uh, three months sleeps, you know, three months of sleep. But if you keep asking yourself that, start listening for the answers and don't judge them. You might be really surprised when you hear, you know, I want to sing or I want to be on the stage or I want to learn how to you know, fight with a sword. I want to learn how to make chain mail. I want to, you know, be, be, the girl's like, oh, I haven't tried that one yet. I can learn to make chain mail. Um, you know, be open to what answers come. And then you can be open and come back to them. We'll talk more. We can, you can be open to following, 
following forward on, on what that answer is. Listening to yourself. If we could all listen to our hearts. Yeah. I remember that one of my favorite stories of all time is The Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. And I love there's a line in there where she says, I need a place where I can be, my heart be still, and it will mind me. And it will mind me. Mind me. I need a place to go where I'm lost because there I'll find me. And I love the idea of your heart minding you and a place that you can go to hear your thoughts or to hear your desires or to find your secret passion and love. And so what you're sharing is really that, to say this place within yourself, this well within yourself, where the gusher is really... It will become one. Once you start giving it the focus that it deserves and has kind of wanted, and it's going to feel scary. And that's okay, and that's what we'll be here for, and Nicole will certainly be here for that, you know. For those moments, email us and talk with us, because, um, you know, it's your place, as you said, it's it's your mind, but sometimes you could use a little hand-holding to get there. <laughs> Absolutely. And feel free, go to lovetofeelyounger.com, write to Rachel, write to myself, ask us questions, we'll come back on, we'll answer anything Absolutely. that you have. I mean, there isn't any subject, either of us, We'll talk about it. We're really good to go as far as we stand on the kids. My kids would like me to talk about a few less subjects, so yeah, ask away. But I love that. And I think that, you know, my greatest heart's desire would be for everybody that's watching us and everybody that reads your book and finds your work and that possibility of love. And that knowingness, that it's real, that it exists, that it can be attained, and those kind of connections, and that fairy tales aren't just fairy tales, that everyday dreams come true. There's magic wherever you want it to be. And I would implore people to think about what it looks like when you've seen somebody who's fallen in love. Yeah. Without words, without somebody telling you anything, you know they're in love by their energy, by the glee, by the blissfulness, by the euphoria, by just that elation. And if we can encapsulate that within ourselves and lead our days in love with life, in love with our jobs, in love with opportunities, in love with everything that's before us, like you're saying, you're never going to be as young as you are today in this body. And so love being in this body, absolutely feel blessed, feel grateful for your health, for your happiness, for those around you. And certainly know that love is attainable and it's just right in front of you or right on the page of Rachel Kinley's book. <laughs> Well, I, I think that's the gift of fiction. Sometimes, you you know, you said you found it in the secret garden. You know, there'll be a phrase, there'll be a passage, there'll be a character that you realize is mirrors something really special to you. And that, to me, is the gift of, of fiction. Because sometimes, you know, we... The, the truth that slips in, you know, you read a nonfiction book, like, this is serious. But you read a fiction book and, or hear a, hear a song, read a fairy tale, see a movie. 
something can slip in that's truer than true. Beautiful. Well, I thank you for being with us today. You are very welcome. Coming, coming back and back and back. Yes, and back yes, yes, yes. yes. And, and there's so much to talk about. It's always a wonderful experience. And for Rachel and for myself and from Ready to Look Younger, we wish you, rolling back the hands of time, passion, love, happiness, joy, pleasure, less bliss, glorification of everything magical. And find us on love to feel younger.com and we look forward to seeing you there.